As the racing season winds down, the separation season begins. Now, when I say separation season, I don't mean the season to separate yourself from racing, although that's exactly what many of your competitors are doing. And that provides an opportunity for you to separate from the pack. Within This Is Bracket Racing Elite, we focus on growth year-round, but the gains, they're, they're small, they're incremental during race season for two reasons. Number one, because your attention as a racer is split, right? You've got upkeep, maintenance, travel, all the things involved with the racing season, in addition to a focus on your own growth. And because other racers are working hard at that time too. It's this time of year, this separation season, where putting in the work can really allow you a leg up on the competition. If you're serious about doing just that, and you'd like to surround yourself with a group of knowledgeable trainers and accountable peers with the tools, the resources, the wisdom to help you take that next step, and perhaps even with the occasional kick in the pants to keep you on track, this is Bracket Racing Elite is the answer. We've helped thousands of racers just like you take the next step toward becoming the best version of themselves on the racetrack. Elite can help you do the same. Enrollment is open as of Monday, November 27th, and it closes December 8th. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite. Welcome back, or welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast, where today I can promise you that we will discuss U.S. Olympic athletes, adult film stars, and sportsman drag racing. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Big Jed, Jared Pennington. My name is Luke Bogacki. We are coming to you live on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast Facebook page. We appreciate those of you that are in attendance joining us live here tonight for this special and final episode. Appreciate also those of you listening along via traditional means on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast uh, feed. Big J, episode number last, episode 350. It's a celebration, not a funeral. Damn, this has been fun, brother. How are you today? Luke, I am well. Um, yeah, it has been a blast. It is the last one. I, um, I'm certain that you have as well, but I've gotten a lot of messages and a lot of people saying, you know, man, I hate to see it in, hate it's over. And, you know, you guys have been fun to listen to. And, and, and I've responded the same way pretty much every time. Yeah, man, you know, seven years is is a long time and they're all like holy crap y'all been doing this seven years <laughs> I said, yeah yeah seven years so um it's it's run longer than most even realize but uh it it has run a long time and longer than probably you or i even imagined so it's been a blast man really has episode 350 you would think we'd be better than we are by now like we've got some practice i actually i was scrolling through the podcast feed the other day and it showed 377 episodes like our 350 counts a little bit a little bit off that's a long time okay close enough uh sure. yeah you would think we'd be better than we are but uh just to be completely transparent luke I'm way better than I ever dreamed I'd be and that's still not even really good so yeah, <laughs> I'm happy I'm happy. <laughs> All right, episode number last. We'll reflect a little bit. We've had a lot of fun along the way, but we've got a fun show on tap tonight. 
We'll be joined by PJ North. We've got some reflections. We will play our favorite game, but we will lead off with the potties. Best I can figure, Big J. This is seventh year of the show. I think this is the fifth annual potty awards. By far the most prestigious award in drag racing. You could have told me it was the seventh one, and I wouldn't have known the difference, Luke. So yeah, it's uh, th these are a lot of fun, and might uh, be the seventeenth. <laughs> these are a lot of fun. They don't mean much uh, in terms of recognition for what? Your accomplishments or your lack of accomplishments, whatever the potty is going to. But uh, but they're fun for us. That's all that matters, really. They are fun for us. Hopefully, they're fun for you as well. We will start off with. The best win of 2023. Big Jed, the nominees are? Uh, Luke, obviously there were a ton of great wins in 2023. Um, we narrowed it down to one that obviously would make anyone's list. Donnie Hagar capturing the OG million, the largest OG million in terms of overall participation, not the actual uh, million dollar race itself, but it was darn big. Uh, winning that off the bottom bulb, through the bottom bulb channel, the whole, just the whole story of saving up enough to just go enter the million and pulling down with the open trailer and, you know, sleeping in a tent. It was incredible. Great performance by Donnie and made some killer runs along the way. Uh, Steve Micus, a legend in the sport, <clears throat> winning the uh, World Super Pro Challenge 50K a guy that uh, has accomplished a ton in the sport and putting that on his resume was cool to see great fanfare and stories around that win and that individual as well. Uh, champ, Stephen McCrory, win the 500K, the Great American 500K in Montgomery and the slowest car in the field, uh, going 740s part of the day, ending the, the evening going 730s and not lucking his way into it, driving the freaking wheels off the thing. Uh, just a, an amazing performance on his part. Of course, Scotty's 100K All-Star win at the Summer Fling. Uh, you know, that was, a, that was a massive field of talent in the All-Star race. Scotty, uh, you know, at the least a part-time racer these days. Not even sure he classifies as a part-time racer. No more than he's doing it. Uh, gets in uh, his brother's Camaro and gets it done. And uh, obviously we'll talk more about that along the way, but uh, you know, if you, if you encompass the interview and everything, that was a, that was a heck of a win on the track and the off track interview was incredible as well. And then uh, last one I added in there, Luke, Timmy Smith, it, it wasn't the largest and it, it was actually the smallest on this list but it was a 30K win at Montgomery at the Mike Smith Memorial. Uh, those that knew Mike Smith, uh, his passing a few years ago was uh, sudden and devastating uh, to, the, to the racers that he knew and just the people he knew. It was Timmy's father, and Timmy's gotten close in the uh, Mike Smith Memorial race, but finally got it done on the last day at the Mike Smith Memorial this year at Montgomery. So, uh, just felt like that one needed to be on the list. Um, you know, don't know where it ranks, but incredible list of wins for you to choose from here and see uh, see what you're thinking. This is how we're going to do this tonight. We're we're going to go back and forth. We've got we we've converged on our nominees for each category. 
I'm going to pick this one. Jed's going to pick the next one. We're going to go back and forth because we, we, we can't come to a unanimous decision all the way around. This is just cleaner. So in this case, these five wins are all extraordinary, right? Donnie Hagar, Steve Micah's champ, Scotty, Timmy Smith, for all the reasons that you just mentioned. We're going we're gonna to dive a little bit deeper into a couple of these a little bit later in this episode. So don't feel like we're, we're necessarily sliding anyone. To me, the feel-good stories of the year here were obviously Timmy Smith, but also Steve Micas. Like that race is the pinnacle of, of the area, the region that Steve Micas grew up in, grew, came up racing in, and now comes to represent. Like, I think that moves the needle more than just about anybody realizes that wasn't there to witness that. But the category here is best win. And the best win of the season, like, we took this for granted and overlooked it to some extent, A, because it happened at like two in the morning, and B, because of who it is. And we just, Stephen McCrory wins a big race, and we just kind of shrug our shoulders. Jed, I can count on one hand the number of cars that I have seen entered in a race of this magnitude dialed seven anything, and none of them were particularly competitive. The fact that Stephen McCrory won one of the four richest and most prestigious events of the season in what is little more than a streetcar going 730s is absolutely unbelievable. It is the best win of 2023. So the potty for best win goes to champ, Stephen McCrory. Champ. I watched that happen. I was there. Um there's no way I could argue against that. Great choice. Great pick. Um, you know, last week we we had half-baked ideas to fix sportsman racing, bracket racing. And and I said, if you want to get some slower cars out, then you, you should group the fields. You know, make them run within a certain time frame or ET or dial-in. Champ would have got the buy. <laughs> well, looking at, at what Champ accomplished there, uh, it would he would run all the seven second cars off because he would just wear them out and dominate them. He would come out of the seven second field every every race he entered. So uh, that was a terrible idea. Now in retrospect, so uh, great choice, champ Stephen McCroy, your potty for best win of the year, the 500k Great American Race in Montgomery in his 7:30 slash 7:40 door car. Incredible performance. You wanted to run off all the seven second cars. I wanted to give him an extra hundred. Who had the worst idea? <laughs> yes. I don't yes. know. <laughs> yeah, that's just what he needed. He needed more room. <clears throat> Champ gets the first potty of 2023. Our next category is one of my all-time favorites, Big Jed. Past recipients of the Best Appearing Driver Award include Dave Triplett, sentimental favorite. It's like a fine wine, baby. It gets better with age. Jeff Verdi former winner of best appearing driver as is tj pruitt kyle bigley we've we've gone through a number of names as it comes to this award big jed this one's your decision this year i've just got one question for you which theobald wins <laughs> well obviously if your name's theobald um you know i i guess one of the the theobald sons i'm not sure about dad but if you're one of the theobald sons you're a you're a fine looking young man, and uh, certainly in the running for this, I, I see also people like Gage Birch, uh, Luke. I 
you know, I know people don't get to see him on a regular basis, but we just talked about Donnie Hagar. Uh, Donnie's a good looking dude. I mean, he's a, he's in shape and takes good care of himself and he's a, he's a good looking guy as well. So a lot of people that have performed well are, are in the running for this, but this one's fairly easy, really, uh, especially the way that I have, uh, I have just gawked over his beauty uh, this year and previous years, but I'm going with Tanner. I'm going with Tanner Theobald. Uh, just such a good looking dude, you know, and exactly. I, I mean, that's really not easy to say, but, but I think everybody understands how I feel about this. You know, I don't, I don't want to touch him or any of that stuff, but I like looking at him. He's a good looking guy and deserves this potty. Congrats, Tanner Theobald. I'm a, uh... On the well deserved and long overdue, I think. I'm surprised, given your given your affinity for the Theobald family, I'm I'm shocked that this is the first time that Tanner's taken home this award. You know that is odd. Uh, it's you know I think him being a little more in the in the spotlight this year has quote unquote shined a light on his good lookingness. And it's really brought it to another level for me and, and, you know, almost forced my hand here. It's funny, like I should have put this on the nominee list so we could have talked about it before the winner. But I was in Gulfport a couple of weeks ago, actually been twice in the last month or so. And I found myself thinking like we've we've awarded A.J. Ash with, with a potty in the past and, and not maybe not the most glamorous one. I found myself thinking in the station that I wanted to go to AJ and be like, man, do you still work out? Like, he looks amazing. And AJ's like, he's older than me. He's pushing 50. Like, he looks like he did when he was in his 20s. He's all muscled up. And I'm like, I don't I don't think that's natural, but it's like it's never wavered. It's really impressive. So I, I would nominate AJ as well. Yeah, AJ should have been in there. It's a great point. Um, and you know, he's not a he's not a racer, but he's he's in racing, and that's Galen. I mean, man, is anybody oh, taking better better care of themselves than Galen Rollison? I mean, that guy's beautiful, man. He's a, he's he's his shirts are all busting about- out. This this whole area right here is busting out of his shirts. You know, it's awesome. I think we've talked we've discussed this on on prior potty episodes, but there's something in the water down there. You got yeah. you got TJ Pruitt. You got all them Cajuns. Like that's just a good looking area. That's a great point, Luke. It must be something about being in warm weather all the time. I don't know. Beach water. All right, Luke. So those couple of potties awarded. Let's go to the WTF moment of the season. Now this and you know we could have went a lot of different directions with this one, but um, but we got a few to choose from. The dry hop battle at the million. Um, obviously, that was well documented, and um, you know, <laughs> even brought Randy out of the tower to have to have a discussion with one Chris Galitti after his hundred footer, maybe wherever how far it was, just waiting on his opponent to to come on up and and get in the beam. So that was a that was an odd moment for sure. The NHRA national event rerun made the list. That was unprecedented and certainly one that got a ton of attention for from people that don't even really follow that part of our sport. So that was very interesting where they reran. Uh, I'll call it an entire round that at least what they participated in that round 
in Vegas uh, needs not no discussion further, but uh, but that has never happened before, <laughs> might not ever again. Um, the Cajun Poker Run, uh, Flicker Pro Promotions, Flicker Promotions event moved from Baton Rouge to no problem overnight, uh, i.e. the million 2000, what was that, 10, maybe? 10? I think so. I think so. Yeah, where it moved from Indy to um, Muncie. So that was a little odd. Uh, um, Flicker Promotions felt the need to to make a change of venue, and they did so. I'm not sure from Baton Rouge to no problem, but Luke, I'm guessing that's probably an hour and a half or maybe two hours, whatever. And uh, they had many races follow them. So that was uh, early in the year, a little bit of a WTF moment. And then uh, last on the list, Luke, is the uh, John LaBoose Jr. loose change ordeal at the fall fling at Bristol, uh, starter trying to wave loose change off to stop. He's staged, focused on the tree. Uh, Laboose sees the starter trying to wave him off. He doesn't leave. Change leaves 008 and goes down there and just sits down for the win, but it really did not turn into a win. It turned into an elimination for him. That whole scene and whole explanation of what happened was definitely a WTF moment all the way around. So some great moments that we've discussed thoroughly here on the podcast, but you have the unenviable task of deciding which one WTF'd the mostest. Well, every season brings us some head scratching moments, Big Jed. And this season is no different where you just go, what did I what just happened? What what did I just watch? That said, this is the easiest decision of the episode because I have no idea what it was like watching at home. I know exactly what it was like watching on the big screen, live feed, in the staging lanes at the OG Million because there are literally 200 of us standing in the staging lanes completely dumbfounded by what we're seeing on the screen. No one knew whether to laugh or be pissed off with what just happened. We, we're, we're just watching a race progress by seemingly normal standards. And Chris Galetti in a 5-0 door car does a full-on trans brake induced dry hop from pre-stage, second round of the million. And we're like, as, as we discussed on the show, my initial instinct was like the pro stage didn't activate and he just went to push it to the floor thinking there was nobody home and something was home, right? Like, but that's not what happened. So they back up, they, they talk about it, they figure it all out. And then the next, we don't know any of this is going on in the stage line. We're off in the live feed. We're like, what, what, what's, what's going on here? The next thing you see from out of the screen, Gage Birch, when he enters the screen, the front wheels are head high. Dry hop through the through the live feed screen. Backs up. They, they both do it again. What just happened? Turns out we're led to believe that all of this was induced by Gage's failure to pre-stage in an ample amount of time. We're supposed to believe this. Well, turns out that's pretty much the catalyst for it. Fast forward to two weeks ago, I'm in Gulfport, Mississippi. I'm in the water box behind Chris Galitti in the S10 truck. 
not really paying any attention. I'm looking down at my gauges, things of that nature. I look up. Well, apparently Chris's opponent took too long to pre-stage because Chris full-on dry hop on the back bumper. Dry hop, 200 feet. Backs it up, stages up, wins. I'm like, there we go. That's Chris Galetti, and that is the impetus of this whole thing. Like, once we get to the bottom of it, we kind of understand what, what was going on. But in the moment, everybody was just thoroughly confused. Wanted to react to it. Didn't know how. Didn't know how we're supposed to react. It was amazing. Yeah, Luke, it was amazing. Rarely does a moment like that happen in our sport in big money bracket racing or whatever's on live feeds. And it completely dominates social media in the moment. I mean, before before he even got back to stage and make the run, social media went nuts. And it was definitely, you know, the just the the whole vibe that everybody had was definitely WTF. You know, that was that was on everybody's mind. That was the question everybody had watching it play out, hearing about it playing out. So uh, very good choice for the potty, for the WTF moment of the year that, uh, that, that couldn't be beat. We're all especially to, when you consider the stage and everything. That's the thing. We're, we're all trying to win $500,000 here. That's all anybody can think about. Meanwhile, Chris Galitti's sitting here in his half shell down 501, turning loose the button when he's free. I mean, it's just like, holy hell. It was amazing. It was great. It was incredible. Great choice. All right. So from there, we go to the most dominant performance of the season in terms of an event and or weekend. Some obvious candidates here. Zach Fulcher, Kevin Brandon, Glenn Ferguson, all there for the same reason, because they not only beat everybody, they beat everybody plus plus themselves. Ran themselves in the final on big, big stages throughout the season. Fulcher at the TB Promotions event in Kilcore, Kilcare, KB more recently at the 50 Grander in Gainesville, and Glenn Ferguson just last weekend, I believe, 20 Grander in Galat, run themselves in the final of big dollar events. Wyatt Wagner's close to the season. You pick either weekend, Vegas or Pomona. Put them together. It's really, really incredible what he did to secure that first Superstock World Championship. That was the end of the season. If we go back to the start of the season, I guess this defies the, the category just a little bit because this wasn't an event and it wasn't two events. It was five events. That's what Sherman Adcock did to start the year. He won five of the first six Supergas races that he entered. That is domination in a word. Chris Bear, who qualifies for this list not once, but twice for two separate weekends where he basically ran the table in the state of Ohio. The first ace race, I believe, of the summer. Um, Chris Bear, I believe, had two wins and a runner-up among some of the toughest competition that you will find anywhere. And I think just weeks later, Big Jed followed that up uh, with the big dollar race in Columbus where he damn near ran the entire table. One day one, one day two, I think lost in the quarterfinals on day three. Michael Jackson's performance at the fall fling in Bristol, where I believe he, he won the final day to win the weekend points, put on a show throughout. That definitely qualifies for the most dominant event of the season. And one Shelby Thurman, Big Jet, I know you're familiar with this. It was in your neck of the woods in Montgomery. Young Shelby drove her S10 to three wins on the weekend, winning a $5,000 Gambler Choice Friday, 
part of a team race, $7,500 win on Saturday and a 10 grand main event on Sunday and her fourth victory of the season, Big Jed. How about climbing back behind the wheel of her junior dragster? Yeah, she's like 17 and won the junior dragster main event as well. You doesn't get any better than that. So Big Jed, a lot of fantastic nominees. Who gets the potty for the most dominant event or weekend of the season? Well, Luke, obviously, huge list to choose from. I know there were some that, that might have even gotten left out that, that had great weekends or great events. <clears throat> but when you look at this list and what was accomplished, some of it was, as you said, over a few weeks time. Some of it was a single day domination of a single day. Uh, all of it very impressive. But to me, the standout here is there's a person on this list that accomplished something that no one else on the list could have accomplished. And that to me is an absolutely dominant weekend. Now, I'm not a proponent of people being able to race big cars and juniors in the same event. <clears throat> to me, it, it's not uh, the progression that I want young racers to, to have. I'm okay with them switching back and forth at events, but at the same event, I feel like you should, should have to choose because, you know, if nothing else, when you go back and race the junior racers, you get, you've had some seat time. You just get, you just get a little more comfortable at the starting line and doing your thing. Although it's two different approaches, I get it, but I just, you get so many more laps and it, to me, it's, it's counterproductive in terms of seeing our young racers progress. However, the rules allow it. Shelby Thurman took advantage of it and did something that nobody else on this list could have done. She dominated the main event races and she won the all run junior race and, and just incredible fashion dream weekend. She's a young lady racer. Um, she'll be, did you say 17, 16, 17? She's yes. right in there, right in there somewhere. Very young, you know, not having had this experience prior. So not having that to lean on and all those things, all that pressure and, making runs to win and then doing it also on the junior side. To me, that's an absolutely dominant weekend. I'm not putting this in terms of money won or any of those things. I'm just looking at it as win lights in general and doing it in two different categories in that fashion. To me, that's the most dominant event or weekend of the year. I'm going to give this potty to Shelby Thurman. We're in agreement, Big Jed. That's the right answer. Good. Well, I'm glad I got that right, Luke, on the last show. Finally. Finally. All right, Luke. Let's go to story of the year. Um, obviously, there's uh, there's some great stories, as there always are in, in a year of sportsman racing, but we narrowed it down to these. <clears throat> Justin Lamb, 12 years in a row. 12 years in a row. Luke, uh, I, apparently we talked about this on episode 333, but that's where he, where he secured it. 12 years in a row with a national event win. 
That. Just to put it into perspective, the next closest on the list is Anthony Bertozzi. He's done it seven years in a row. So just a little over half. Twelve. Wow. Uh, and again, we're talking about a guy that that has won his championships in the last many years, but not a guy that's just religiously chased after NHRA wins. You know, he's he's done his share of it, but he hasn't he hasn't ran. 200 events trying to win national events. So a, a somewhat limited number of opportunities. And for 12 years in a row, he's found his way to a winner's circle on a national event. I mean, this is habit for him. He, he's, he's gotten used to it. That's incredible. And when you talk about possibly one of the top three to ever do it, and Anthony Bertozzi, to have his streak at seven, that puts it in perspective very well. Trevor Larson, obviously, Sherman had it won. It was over. It had been over since May the 1st. And Trevor Larson doesn't stage a super gas round until late July. And he comes back and, and passes Sherman, where Sherman has a, has a winning score put up. You know, it's not like, you know, Sherman didn't perform as well as he wanted in the last half of the year, but he didn't. You know, he didn't put up a bad score. He had a great score. Trevor passed it and and did it in grand fashion, especially with all the things that happened to him uh, there in Vegas <clears throat> late in the race. Uh, Travis Laster. Travis wins the SFG 1.1 million in the fastest car on the property. Uh, well, I can't remember, Luke. I think he was dialed 412 or somewhere along in there just to let everybody know what the <laughs> If he was dialed 412, he could go 404. <laughs> so put, every, put everybody, make sure everybody understands what the fastest car was running. I mean, this guy was running fast. Then had an epic winter circle interview. Um, you know, really, really just didn't make it all about him per se, uh, just about his core values and beliefs and those things. And that was a, a great stage for Travis to share that on. Obviously, Donnie Hagar. You know, that we talked about that story earlier, the best win category. Donnie winning the OG million off the bottom, showed up for only the million itself, open trailer, pickup, tent, hitting the bottom, comes through the bottom bulb, gets uh what did uh what did he have put on him in the in the semis, Luke? Was it was it nine? Did little Mike Bloomfield put nine on him? Nine Something total crazy, or? yeah. Uh -huh. You know, had a put an amazing run on him, and he got inside of it with with decent change for for making runs that good. Uh, then goes on to beat you know an absolute legend in the sport and Shane Carr in the final um, wins. You know, I, it ain't my place to to really talk about how much money, but it was over two hundred grand. His his part, um, incredible incredible day and story. For Donnie Hagar, and of course, that's not all he did. He went on to win the uh, WDRA World Championship uh, in in no box. So you know, phenomenal back half of the year for him. And lastly, on the list is Scotty's win. Uh, we talked about that in the best win category. Scotty's hundred K All Star win. That was a huge win for him. It was a huge win for his team, which was he and Edmund. It sealed the victory uh, for the team race and his interview 
was absolutely epic. Uh, called out the young guns, was specifically apparently getting after one particular young gun is certainly at the least maybe a couple of two or three of them and uh and had some some choice words to say um and got a lot of attention for that so that was a that was a heck of a story he has since basically disappeared <laughs> from racing uh, so he made his appearance won 100k and then uh, called everybody out and went to the house so pretty good story when you think about it all worthy nominees and to be completely honest jed we're thankful to all of these drivers and and, and racers and stories in general this is the content that we need this is what keeps the sportsman drag racing podcast rolling across the board but the potty goes to the story of the year and big jed this is really a no contest thing like we don't need to rehash the story because it's been told over and over and over but when George Howard introduced the million dollar race, we're talking what 1996, the vision that all of us had was to be the everyman to show up to this race. And this is a race that could change our life in reality in the 27 years since with little exception, you know, like Jeff Verdi comes to mind, maybe a couple others along the way that hasn't really been the case. More often than not, by and large, the winner of the million in races like it are is a is a racer that we're all familiar with, that is well-funded, that obviously this is significant money, but in a lot of cases, wasn't life-changing money. You know, if we get right down to it, you know, it depends on the life that you're changing, right? For Donnie Hagar to roll in with an open trailer, basically scrounged up money, set aside money all season to come and run this event one day because it was all he could afford. And just to have the the confidence, the wherewithal, the poise to roll through that field and win it and go from a, a regionally recognized, like nationally relatively obscure name to the biggest name in sportsman drag racing, literally overnight. It's all we could talk about. And it's all we should have been talking about ever since with the story of the year without question. Danny Hagar went in the million. Yeah, great point, Luke. Very good um summarization of that that uh that has to be the story of the year you know obviously that win but to just to go win the wdra no box world championship on top of that in a in a very talented field just to show i'm no fluke you know i know what i'm doing here and i know how to race and um it was a, it was a great story all the way around his million win and in the way he wrapped up his season great choice there for the uh, story of the year potty, Donnie Hagar, um, adding hardware to his collection for 2023. Without right, question, the most prestigious trophy on the mantle, the one that he is most proud of in 2023 will inevitably be yes. the potty. Come with the smallest payday, but certainly the most prestige. Yeah, it's kind, of like, kind of like winning a Wally. Kind of like, kind of like. Except it's a potty. Traditionally, we give an award that we we called it the Back to the Future Award. And this is the the racer that's that's had a few birthdays, as Jed likes to say, that it maybe <clears throat> we for lack of a better term, we've kind of forgotten about. And they just serve a reminder, like, I'm still here, boys. I still got this. That without question, he's been nominated for a couple of awards coming into this. This is another no-brainer. The Back to the Future Award of the season goes to the man that basically made one appearance on the season. 
and made it stick. We said, we previewed it coming in. If Scotty Richardson goes to this all-star invitational and wins the hundred grander, like we should all just quit. Like it's just, it's way too easy for him. You can't not race all year, come into a field that is that talented and just win. Like you don't, nobody does that. Somebody does that. His name's Scotty Richardson. Back to the Future Award. That's an easy one. And in fact, I'll just, I'll sum up a lot of the rest of the show, Big Jack, because there's a lot of awards that we typically give out. We can just we can just shuffle them all to to that area of Kentucky. The rivalry of the year, like last year, I think this went to the WDRA versus IHRA. This year, it was simple because after winning the race, Scotty does the post race interview, and immediately the rivalry is Scotty Richardson versus I don't know everyone that was born since 1990. Like he didn't miss any of them. He called them all out. <laughs> Here we and the, and, the, and the internet's just in an uproar, right? So there's the rivalry of the year, and within the call out that creates the rivalry, you've inevitably, unquestionably got the quote of the year. It was a little bit off mic. I don't know that we all got like the exact verbiage, but it was something to the effect of their nuts have a little drop left or whatever the hell he said. We don't care. We get the gist. That's the quote of the year. Scotty just runs the table. Typical Scotty Richardson fashion, a clean sweep of the potties. Yeah. And Luke, you know, I know people haven't talked about this part of the interview much, for years, decades even, Scotty's been hated for for what? For winning. You know, in the whole world, the whole, all of us normal, everyday racers that just get up and go to work every day say, well, yeah, if I had his money and his equipment and had the ability to go to all these races, I'd win like that too. He ain't nothing special. I don't even like that guy. You know, he, he does all this just because, well, I don't know if people caught it towards the end of that interview. Scotty was leaving after the interview to go back to work in Kentucky. His boss let him off long enough to come up there and race the 100K All-Star race and win it, get some beer poured on him, shed a couple of tears, call out, as you said, everybody that was born after 1990 that's still racing. And then he said, all right, boys, I'm out. Got to go. Got to get back to work. Boss only let me off long enough to do this. So Scotty's one of us. And he instantly turned into the guy we all love. Now he's representing us old guys and us regular working people. And he's just, he's just one of us good old guys now. And he, he just won the hundred K all-star race and busted everybody's ass. That was under the age of 30. He had to love it. He had to love how, it. How, how do you think that conversation went boss? I just, just i need i don't know 24 hours let me go up and get this hundred grand ain't no big deal i'll be back at work in the morning like who says no to that <laughs> yeah do you mind if i get out of here early today and i'm gonna run up here to ohio run this 100k all-star race i should be done in time to be back here by six the next morning to do my shift yeah i mean i guess if that's where you think you need to be you know boss probably even gave me a little bit of crap about it yeah i mean hell i guess that's where you think you need to be the most. Yeah, go ahead. And then he dragged that $100,000 check in with him. So, Scotty kicked the door down at the all-star race and then just went back to work, disappeared. Love it. Got to love it. Let's, Part of let's our job about, here. Let's talk about our our worst predictions of 2023. Part of our Part of our job here as podcast hosts is to go out on a limb, Big Jed, make bold predictions. We dedicate an episode a year to it, and we make a few more along the way. 
inevitably, when you do that, at some point you look back and go, yeah, missed on that one. We missed on a few. <laughs> we, we, we might have, we may or may not have missed on a few. One that comes to mind most recently because I did lay the ultimate jinx on one of our favorite racers. My one of my worst predictions was it's over, Big Jed. I think in May. I said, no. it's over. Nobody's going to catch Sherman Adcock Jr. And as late as October, I felt pretty good about that statement. But here we sit on the last day of November. I was wrong. Missed on that one. You missed a touch every now and then too, Big Jed. One of your predictions coming into, I think, the season on our big prediction show, you said that the OG million will be won by a West Coaster. Mm, that didn't get close. Donnie Hagar, last I checked. Michigan, not West Coast. I think it's Western Michigan. <laughs> Should have clarified. I mean, I, you know that I'm going to find a loophole in there, Luke. I, I mean, Sammy Hagar is from from L.A. So, yeah, you know, he's probably got roots on the West Coast. And there was a little bit of West Coast flavor in that. Last I checked, Big Jet, just since we're on the topic of geography, Jeremy Heffler, I don't, I could be wrong. I don't think he's ever been to the good time. And he's definitely not a good timer. You said that the IHRA Super Pro World Champion would come from the Bayleton Good Time Dragway. Yeah. Not a good timer. Yeah. Um, with all, you know, I guess in my defense, I didn't understand. I didn't know a Heffler was going to be involved. You know, had I known that, that could have changed my my opinion and my prediction. Uh, still very upset with Heath Davis for not getting that championship. But, you know, anytime a Heffler's involved, they're going to win. So I should have known. I should have checked the roster, potential roster, possible roster, and figured it all out. I would have picked Jeremy Heffler. He was easily my second choice, Luke. So I'm going to take credit for that one as well. Of course. Yes. Well, I'll make you feel a little bit better about your West Coast <clears throat> prediction and your good time pre prediction. Because I think the most egregious miss of the season, I don't even remember saying this. Yet. I had to pull up the show notes from our from our bold predictions episode. I said that we would see a sub 650 bump in the top sportsman category in NHRA competition in 2023. In my defense, Jeff, I got close. I only missed it by a little over half a second. Per my Not research, no, half seconds quick. Per my research, um, the quickest bump in 2023 was it Indy at the US Nationals that the big go that bump 707. I got close. I mean, I only missed it by half a second. In my defense, 11 of the 32 car field were faster than 650. I mean, that's close, right? Just missed it by this much. Had it been 11 car field, you would have nailed it, Luke. Um, well, shame on, that, shame on NHRA also, for letting too many racers in. What go. was also not working in my favor is that the vast majority of national events were closer to an 11 car field than a 32 car field. In this day and age, if you want to go fast in your top sportsman car, there's other options, venues to do that. It doesn't seem like NHRA is the per preferred location. There's definitely a, a field somewhere of 32 plus 650 and faster door cars. It's just not at an NHRA national event. So that's a brick on my part. Well, I think anytime it takes you longer to say how far you missed it by than the actual time you missed it by, you didn't miss it by that much. It was really close. You got close, Luke. Well done. 
on the good this is, side. Big Jed. This I is said, a good it's a good vibe show. We're good. hundred percent. It's it's a it's a celebration, not a funeral. As much as I said that my Sherman Adcock prediction was a brick, I'm going to give you credit for your Sherman Adcock prediction, Big Jed, because what I did in May was I jumped on the bandwagon and it had full steam. When I said Sherman Adcock's going to be your world champion, Sherman had won five or six races. He was unstoppable. He was undeniable. When you said Sherman Adcock was going to win the world championship, he hadn't staged in 2023, Big Jed. Now, it didn't end up coming to fruition, but credit where credit is due. You went out on a limb in January and said Sherman Adcock Jr. will be a world champion in 2023, and the man went out and won five of the first six and led the points from February till like November 5th, 6th, whatever the last day of the season was. That's when he got overtaken. That's a good call, Big Jed. Credit where credit is due. Well, it could have been an incredible prediction damn you trevor larson what a great performance by you but yeah proud of my man sherman uh, proud of my prediction you know I, as i've said about many racers that i i have love and respect sherman's had a few birthdays he's no puppy and to pick him was a bold prediction and damn it almost come true oh man how about your pick how about your bold prediction luke that, yeah that, that turned out pretty good yeah, pretty good. I wish I'd have stuck with this because I said in passing for months, various times on the on the podcast, for months leading up to the OG Million, that this 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 initial move to St. Louis, this would be the biggest OG Million ever. I said they'd have 800 cars. And then it got closer in the week of, I waffled just a bit. I was like, it'll be big. It'll be big, but it may not be the biggest. I should have stuck to my instincts, Big Jed. I was on the right track. I just got scared. Just got scared. So give myself a little credit there. As, as impressive as your Sherman Adcock prediction was, I got close there at the end. If you remember back in January, I said it was Tyler Bohannon's year. I said this year Tebow wins a world championship. He finished third in stock, made a run at it, was, was definitely part of the conversation late. So I get a little credit there. And looking back to on that initial episode, I said – Remember when we recorded this almost a year ago, NHRA had just, the, the, the fist, had, the hammer had just come down on the blinder rule in stock and super stock. And everybody was trying to figure out a way around it. And everybody was saying, well, they can't enforce it. It won't stick. And what I said was that the blinder rule will stick, right? That, that this is, this is, this is going to be the way that things are for, for the foreseeable future. And a year later, like the the blinder rule has become a way of life. It's become accepted. It is in those classes, like you can't block the tree anymore. And so I did kind of see that come. NHRA actually stuck to their guns and I said they would. So give myself a little credit there. Yeah, very good predictions. I actually thought that uh, that rule, that blinder rule could be uh, could be adjusted um, into the season. And they stuck with it. And it, it seemed to it seemed to become normal for everybody and think uh think that was a, actually turned out to be a good choice for them you know it's uh certainly even the playing field somewhat um Tebow obviously finishing third big deal that's uh he had a great year great season and uh, notched some wins along the way and um the the one for me though Luke is the you know you predicted early biggest million ever now in in terms of the whole event it was massive and uh, larger than seemingly anybody ever dreamed it could be. So that was a, a very good prediction. That one, that one was great. 
by far and your best to me easily. That brings us to the two most talked about. I want to say the two most prestigious, but maybe the, the lowercase is not necessarily the most prestigious award we give, but the two most um, anticipated awards of the potties traditionally. We do the goat of the year and we do the goat of the year. Okay. This, this is like a, this is a difference in, uh, in, in demographics, right? Because the, the era that you and I come from, Big Jed, like Bill Buckner was the goat. The goat was the person that you blame for everything that went wrong. It was the scapegoat. Whether they deserve it or not, the easiest person to blame for everything that went wrong. And then you've got the new age goat. That's the capital G, capital O, capital A, capital T, goat of the, the year, right? The greatest of all time of the year. So we'll go with both. We'll go with the lowercase goat. Yes. First, Big Jed, and my uh, my initial instinct here was to go with Gage Birch because Gage, really, without anything of his own doing, like he was the center of attention during this whole Scotty Richardson dilemma, and like he didn't bring that upon himself. And then he was once again the center of attention during the the WTF moment, the 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 dry hops at the million. Apparently, all because he takes a little bit longer than people want for him to light the pre-stage bulb. Not the stage bulb, the pre-stage bulb. And it just seems like odd that this quiet, unassuming, humble, incredible racer is suddenly the brunt of controversy. So my first instinct was, Gage is the go to the year, but I don't, I don't want that connotation following around Gage Birch, right? Because again, like he didn't do anything to deserve this, which is kind of the point of the award, but I'll go a different direction. I'll say that the lowercase g, Lowercase O, lowercase A, lowercase T, goat of the year, Big Jed, is traction compound. What happened? We can't seem to go down cold racetracks anymore. And like, it's kind of a nationwide issue. This wasn't a problem five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. And so like, maybe there's more blame to go around. Maybe it's, maybe it's people, maybe it's procedure, maybe it's racetracks. But the blame always goes to the traction compound. Like, you just can't get it. It's not what it used to be. I don't know if that's the culprit, but something has changed. And it's like, depending on where you go, borderline unsafe and like not particularly competitive in the cold. I don't know what's up with that. Traction compound, go to the year, lowercase. Great choice, Luke. I love it. Uh, definitely see that traction compound isn't what it used to be but if you want my personal opinion and you know whether you do or not i'm giving it i believe that traction compound is being diluted due to you know the cost the the rising cost um you know the difficulty and in, in getting it uh at towards the middle or, or end of last year I think when tracks did get their hands on it, they were finding ways to dilute it so it would last longer and spread longer. And they just gotten in that routine and trying to control their costs. So I really believe, and I don't think there, there was ever an intent by any of them to, to impact track conditions negatively by doing it. But I think traction compounds getting diluted at racetracks across the country um and i really believe that uh that the compound itself is still just fine and cold race tracks just require a little bit of a different treatment and, and i believe they need to 
maybe revamp some of the things they're doing there. So trash and compound, both deserving and undeserving of being the lowercase goat potty for 2023. Yeah, because everything that you just said, I don't disagree with. I think it's accurate, but it's way too long of an explanation for the pissed off ratio that couldn't just go down the track. Yeah, but it's way <laughs> too long of an explanation. The easy goat is down the track. The, the, the traction compound sucks. Oh, you had some trouble on the track? Come in here and let me talk to you. Let me tell you what's going on. Yeah, I agree. That probably wouldn't be a great scenario. Now for the funner, capital G, capital O, capital A, capital T, GOAT of the year, Big Jed. We've got five, I think, standout, tremendous nominees, and it's a difficult decision as it is each and every year. Do you want me to rattle off the nominees or do you want to start on it? Um, I'll be glad to rattle them off and then uh, and we'll collectively come up with the answer. <clears throat> so go to the year, greatest of all time. Obviously, great performances throughout the year is what this one's about, not a single weekend or single event. So uh, first on the list, Kevin Brannon. Uh, he's a back-to-back -back nominee, by the way. Uh, surprise, Kevin had another fantastic year. I think Ran the himself. only driver on this list that was a nominee a year ago. Yeah, I do believe so. Uh, Kevin uh, ran himself in a 50K final recently in at, in Gainesville at the fall uh, brawl. Um, he did end up winning that race, and he did end up losing that race. He was both winner and runner-up for those having trouble understanding that. By the way, Luke, massive crowd tonight. Massive crowd in the in, online watching – Y'all quit pushing. Everybody's going to get time for an autograph. We'll take pictures with everybody. Y'all settle your asses down just a little bit and quit pushing each other because it's packed out there. Uh, Kevin also won a 75 grander at the SFG race at Darlington in April. Won a 20 grander at Darlington in March. And who knows what else Kevin's won, but he has performed extremely well. Those are just the highlights, if you will, of his 2023 season. Taylor Bowling. Um, we all know Taylor to be a very good racer, but man, he took it to another level in 2023. Uh, Runnered up the TB Promotions 100K race off the top um, to Lane Dickin, if I remember correctly. Um, great performance by Taylor, known as a bottom bulber for the most part, and, uh, and you know, got his uh, top bulb wings in a 100K final. Big deal there. Won the 50 grander that we had at the World Foot Break Challenge uh, in July in Bristol. And, you know, that was a you know, heck of a performance for sure. Um, really, really good driving by Taylor in that one and doing it off the foot, which, you know, immediately elevates him to a level above everybody on the list because he won swapping feet. And that's, of course. that's way more difficult than anything any of these other racers have done. And uh, multiple regional and local wins, always seeing him in the spotlight for performing well. So Taylor deserving of being on the list. Sugar, uh, Shane Carr, obviously uh, tremendous, tremendous year once again. He seems to have a lot of those. Uh, Shane got the uh, OG million runner up to, uh, to the aforementioned Donnie Hagar. Uh, that was Shane's third million dollar final. Uh, he has done it both at the OG and done it at the um, Spring Fling. Um, 10K winner at Byron. Uh, 50K winner at the SFG 
1.1 million. He was uh, in the dragster final all three of the 50K races. Uh, he was the 20K winner at the Mike Smith Memorial event. I actually think that turned into a 30, Luke, if I remember right. I think they had to cancel the first day and took the, the 320s and made them 230s. He was the event MVP there. And uh, recently, just, just as recent as Thanksgiving, he was uh, at the Las Vegas uh, Motor Speedway and was the 5K winner out there, along with, um, you know, I think going to a final and a shootout and some other things. So phenomenal year for Shane Carr, as always. <clears throat> and uh, next on the list, Donnie Hagar. I don't think we need to to talk too much about what Danny did. He won the OG million off the bottom. He won the WDRA world championship along with uh, basically sweeping the bottom bulb, I think at the WDRA world finals that weekend, but winning the million alone is a, is a heck of a story. Luke, Kyle Rizzoli. Uh, we've talked a lot about Kyle, but I'm not sure our bracket racing fans really understand what Kyle did. Stock eliminator world champion, Finished number three in Superstock. Had an opportunity to win Superstock uh, till the last event. Um, so, I mean, really was in the hunt there with a with a mathematical chance, which is incredible. Uh, his first World Championship, by the way, was in stock. Almost got his second one in the same season. Five NHRA wins, six NHRA runner-ups. And you think, okay, well, that's pretty good. That's 11 finals, Luke. Pretty good. Amazing year, 11 finals. That was in 14 NHRA events. Went to 11 final rounds. Now, I know he raced other races, and I'm not real sure what his total record was, but he went to the final in 78.5% of his NHRA points events. That is freaking awesome. That's a great performance. And then honorable mentions, guys that had really good years, and there's a lot of them, but we we picked out three here, and that's Steve Collier, bottom ball base, uh, guy that has continued to win for years and years and had another really good year in 2023. Jonathan Martin. Jonathan is, uh, I believe, from the Maryland area or maybe Virginia, if I remember correctly, and uh, he has performed really well, especially recently, uh, winning some big bottom ball races over there. And then, of course, this guy does it every year. And, you know, it just without fail, Corey Galetti always has great seasons. I mean, it turns out he's pretty darn good at racing and, uh, and he knows what he's doing out there. So, Corey getting an honorable mention as well. But Luke, out of that list, that's a lot of accomplishment on the racetrack for 2023. Five deserving nominees, Big Jed. And I'm going to straddle the fence a little bit here. I'm going to throw this back at you. As impressive as those five resumes are, there are two that stand out to me. And if we crown the, the GOAT, the capital G, capital O, capital A, capital T, potty, to either Kyle Rizzoli or Shane Carr, I'm good with that. Shane's season goes without saying, and I do, I do think, Big Jet, if we put this to popular vote among the listeners, I think it would probably go to Shane Carr and deservingly so. Shane's resume this season, I think, trumps anybody else on the bracket tour. It's funny just how things go year over year. A year ago, we had this debate, and it was a hell of a debate, between Kyle Coltrera, who ended up getting the potty for 2022, Kevin Brannon and Lucas Walker. 
And they all had similar seasons that would rival what Shane put together this season. I don't think anyone else on the bracket scene rivals what Shane did this year. Like his accomplishments stand out from the pack in 2023. That said, what Kyle Rizzoli did, like, you, what did you say? 78% of events attended, he drove to the final round. That's ridiculous. And obviously it is a different world in NHRA racing from big dollar bracket racing. I think it's fair to say that it requires a different skill set. It is not fair to say that it is easier. Like it is different, but winning at the NHRA level is very, very difficult. And Kyle Rizzoli made it look very, very easy to combine a world championship and stock eliminator with a third place finish in super stock that was literally a, a break here or there away from being a multi-championship season. That can't be understated. So you could go either way. We could go either way with this potty big jet. And I'll say, yeah, driver of the year. Yeah, Luke, uh, you know, you and I shared through our discussions today, you know, our thoughts and uh, even after I gave you my thoughts, I, I wavered back and forth and I'm thinking, man, it's, you know, just think about the difficulty in accomplishing what they accomplished. What what were the obstacles? What were the hurdles? What got overcome to to accomplish these goals? And for that, the, the winner to me becomes pretty clear. Uh, you could pick anybody on the list, but for me, you know, as much as I respect what all of these guys did, and especially the, the list that we run down here for Shane, you know, and Shane's, you know, over 50 or 50 years old and, you know, accomplishing these things in the race car, that's incredible. I mean, it really is. But when I look at Kyle and the, the pressure that he had on him to, to go out and perform and really had to perform that well. And the, the pressure that he might or might not have felt to be, to win a championship that he has tried to get for many, many years. And then it became, you know, possible a reality that it could happen. And then he goes and gets it done and keeps himself in the super stock hunt at the same time, 78.5% final rounds in his appearances, his points appearances in NHRA competition, you know, for me, that just kind of sealed it. it. It sealed it with a championship, but really uh, what Shane did, and it's probably victim of his great success over his decades of racing, he'll do it again next year. Shane will have this performance again next year. Now, unfortunately, we won't have a podcast to award him next year. But Kyle's is not likely to be duplicated. It just really isn't. It's that difficult and that challenging and that big. So for me, I'm, I'm going to give this one to Kyle Rizzoli, knowing that I couldn't accomplish anything that any of these guys did. So it's certainly not downgrading what anybody accomplished. But Kyle's, to me, just seemed to have the most impact. Congratulations to Kyle Rizzoli. Congratulations to Tanner Theobald. Congratulations, Donnie Hagar, Scotty Richardson on the clean sweep. Congratulations, Shelby Thurman, Champ McCrory, Traction Compound. Congratulations to the 2023 class of potty winners. Big Jed, from day one, we have had a constant fixture on this podcast. Yeah, we had behind the scenes made a lot happen for us and I think brought us instant credibility from day one. 
So it is an honor to have back on the show. Actually, Big Jed, I want you to I want you to introduce PJ the way we used to do it. We're gonna get to U.S. Olympic athlete, adult film star, or sportsman drag racer. But first, PJ North, P. Jizzle. What's going on, my friend? Man, uh, you know, I'm just happy to be here. Can y'all hear me okay? Everything's good? We hear you just fine. We hear you just fine. I mean, we appreciate, I, I appreciate you taking some time to join us tonight. I mean, I, you know, I like to I like to check in. It's been a it's been a weird two years where I haven't got to race much, um, you know. But I stay in touch, uh, you know, uh, with the uh, with the podcast so that I can see what's going on. I know who's hot, who's not. Um, you know, who's failing, who's succeeding, uh, things like that. So um, I'm happy to be here on the the last one of the year. We're glad to have you. Unfortunately, uh, you know, it is the last one of the year and it's uh, these these um, situations are not fun, but we're going to make this one fun because we've got you. For those that don't know who this is, this PJ North is the guy that is basically taking care of all the music that we've had from day one. And I mean, literally prior to day one, PJ was our guy. He came up with, uh, with you know, songs for our little skits like JJ's Top Ten and all of those things and certainly our intro music and all of the, the stuff that we've played in breaks and that type of stuff over the years. So PJ has done that out of the goodness of his heart. He's a talented guy who's got a lot of music out there for you to listen to, and, uh, and certainly we appreciate you sharing those talents with us, PJ. I know that uh, we're going to talk a little bit about your music here shortly, but uh, just from Luke and I and, and all the people that's listening, we've had tons of messages over the year. What, what was that song? Who Who is that? Where can I find that? You know, it, your music has had a major impact on this production, and we appreciate you very much. Man, I, I appreciate y'all. I, I, you know, I'll never forget Luke came to me uh, in St. Louis, um, of all places. Uh, at a divisional race uh, and kind of asked about it. And uh, again, I, you know, my, my thing's always been with the racing music, especially is uh, how can I leave the sport in a better place than when I found it? Uh, I'm very lucky and very blessed uh, to be a part of it, you know, small part of it. But uh, when people always ask, it's a cool thing. And a lot of people ask me all the time, hey, can you do a song for the podcast? You, I'm always happy to do it. Um, you know, and like I said, I've been been very lucky to be a part of this one, especially since day one. So thank you all. PJ, thank you, buddy. They, uh, so seven years running now with the podcast as we come to our, our final episode. It coincides with a big announcement from you. Podcast's been going on for seven years. It's hard for me to believe that. It's harder for me to believe that it's we're approaching the 10-year anniversary of the, the initial release, the thing that really got this started, at least within the racing community for you, the release of it was B-double-O, take double-O, right? Yeah, man, it's crazy to think about. Uh 2013, uh, you know, it's, I, I've done a lot of songs on, excuse me, on TikTok and uh, things, just the 10 year anniversary of, of the 1975 record, which, which changed my life and the Sam Hunt uh, mixtape, which literally is the reason I, you know, wanted to move to Nashville, uh, all of those things. Right. And then to think 10 years of the B double O take double O, uh, <laughs> you know, I met, uh, you know, I hang out with Brian and Tyler and those guys a lot. And, you know, me and Brian thinking back, we were talking about it earlier this year when I went to Montgomery and I was like, damn, we're getting old. <laughs> like, man, it's, but it has been a wild ride. 10 years of B double O take double O. And, uh, I'm, I'm super proud of, of the things that, that, that it brought, um, and, and kind of the joy that it brings to other people. Cause that's all I really ever wanted. Right. With the music thing for me has always been 
how can I get the most people to hear it? Uh, and how can it, how can they enjoy it uh, the most, um, you know, and get the most people to listen to it. And it's, it's crazy to think that racing songs is how it worked out for me, um, especially with those. So yeah, 10 years is a wild, wild stat for me. Definitely a combining of, of two passions for sure. And, and you've got a, a, a fun and exciting way to commemorate this 10 year anniversary. Yeah, man, I wanted it. And I'm so thankful to be on here to be able to do it uh, in front of everybody is a 10 year anniversary of B-double-O, take double-O. Uh, years ago, uh, I, as, as a lot of people know, they always ask me, why did your songs, why are they not on Spotify anymore? Why are they not on YouTube? Why are they not on iTunes? Uh, all those things. And a lot of it was due to algorithms and, and things like that, especially for mainstream music and things where I was you know, progressing with my career. But um, I got to the point where we're going to re-release all of my racing songs available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, all of those things. Uh, and the pre-order starts tomorrow, the Friday the 1st. Um, so if you're hearing it, you guys can check it out on my, you know, all the bios and pages and everything. Um, you'll be able to pre-order all the songs that y'all, if y'all didn't buy them before, now's the time to buy them just in case they ever disappear again. But uh, they should be there for the foreseeable future. Uh, so yeah, man, I'm super excited to be able to do that. I also am excited that all these songs have been remastered and I've got three songs that have never been released before um, that I've done. I've posted them in YouTube videos or I've done demos of them and something like that. So very excited to get those out as well, too. It's just kind of a commemorative thing for me. Um, like I said, 10 years is wild. And just to look back on all that I've done um, and all that I've been afforded to do because of these songs, uh, the people that I've met, people that are friends that I call friends now, if I needed a favor, um, all because uh, of a song, you know, B-double-O, take double-O and, and where we are now. So it's really cool. So I'm really excited. It's called PJ North, singer, songwriter, race car driver is the EP. Um, and like I said, it's just a, it's a re-release of, 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 of eight songs, um, eight racing songs that are, that haven't been out there, uh, plus three new ones. So I'm really excited about it. Yeah, PJ, we love your songs. Um, you know, you talk about a 10-year anniversary. Uh, JJ's about to turn 18, December the 19th. So he was seven, eight years old right in there when your stuff started coming out. He absolutely fell in love with what you were doing. You know, we've gotten uh, the 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 shout-out, the, the infamous shout-outs in your songs. He and I both, you know, he could sing them all word for word. You know, he just constantly listen i know that you've impacted a lot of young lives with that music you've made a bunch of us smile with uh, our names being mentioned you talk about the strategies that we employ on the racetrack uh you 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 talk about big moments and you incorporate that all into your music and your vibe and your beat and your jam and it, it's been a blast man it really has been a blast to listen to for 10 years and looking forward to hearing these enhanced versions for sure. And, you know, people need to know the music's clean. It's all good. It's about the, the things we love. It's about racing. It's about people in racing. It's about companies in racing and PJ's taken his unbelievable talent and been able to just grind that all up into the beat and the music. It's, it's cool stuff. So hopefully everybody that's watching or listening goes and finds that and, uh, and gets to hear, you know, not only the the new version, but, you know, hopefully they've been listening to the old versions as well. Yeah, man, you're too kind. I, I like I said, it's uh, it's been really cool. <clears throat> the uh, race pack was a part of something for me, um, you know, ended up being one of my best friends. I talked to Cam Ferre all the time. 
Um, he's still one of my closest, closest friends. And, uh, you know, that brought that to me, not to mention Brian Whitworth is, is one of my best friends as well. And, uh, it, none of this would have been, none of this happened without that. Right. Uh, my, my relationship with VP back when Mark Wessler was there, uh, my relationship with, um, a lot of different companies, Hoosier and, and things like that. And, and all that stuff that came through beyond, oh man, Pete, if it wasn't for Peter and Kyle, I'll tell you this, put me on the map. First, he was like, hey, look, we want to do something completely different. We want to have you out here. Um, and so it's a lot of stuff like that that's been crazy. And to hear, you know, JJ can recite all the words. And, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, it's funny. I, I get a lot of flack. I, I've heard a lot of flack, right, uh, from people who all have their opinions and things like that. And one of my favorite things is uh, there used to be a joke about, oh, man, you know, it's PJ North kid, blah, 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 his music, right? And there's a lot of people talking and all stuff. I was like, man, it's got to be tough knowing every time your kid gets in the car, who's the first thing they want to hear is PJ North and you don't want to hear it, man, it's gotta be tough. I get it. <laughs> so I'm very lucky. Like I said, I'm, I'm very blessed to, of all the things that I've been afforded to do uh, because of the songs, especially, you know, the music and stuff. And, you know, the one that got away, unfortunately is Jenny folk. I name dropped her in a song and Dave Conley still somehow won. Um, so I'm never going to be able to leave that down. I'm upset about that, but uh, uh, otherwise, man, thank you guys. Like I said, I, I do appreciate it. Well, you shot your shot, bud. You gave it your best. And <laughs> is what it is. Dave, Dave's pretty heat. Dave could have been uh, best appearing driver. Yeah, I'm also sure. a little upset about that. Y'all was over here dropping oh, best appearing. I guess because I haven't raced really in two years. I didn't get best yeah. appearing. That's fine. That's fine. I get it. It's okay. Out of sight, out of mind, man. I lost 25 yeah. pounds. I'm out here doing my best version of me. Luke even mentioned Luke's like, hey, man, you look really good. I saw him in St. Louis, right? First time I'm back at NHR, he's like, man, damn, you look really I was like, thank you. I know. I've been trying really hard. <laughs> Yeah, not racing hurts your hurts your chances of being best appearing driver for sure. That's fair, and it's been a tough, you know, two years. Uh, you know, last year was really tough, um, not being able to race much, and then this year as well. You know, I, we we made the joke. Uh, I br I broke a motor and a transmission last year, uh, and I just I was really focused on playing a lot of shows and traveling um, the country and, and doing a lot of stuff, and then this year just trying to figure out my life and and things and where that's headed. Uh, and I was tour managing all summer and I, I just decided, I was like, you know, all right, I'm going to drive 26 hours to finally race this year. Right. <laughs> so I, that, that's what it took for me. So I, I get it. I'm not on everybody's mind, but hopefully in uh, 2024, we can <clears throat> turn that around. Well, we'd love to see that change for sure. Love to see you back out the track doing your thing. You're, you're great on the mic because uh, we got to listen to you at TV promotions events. Uh, you, you made a major impact on the sport through your music. And certainly, you know, on the track, you're you're pretty good at that as well. So uh, hopefully we get to see you more inside the lanes and see you uh, get to enjoy a sport that we know you love as much as we do, PJ. Yeah, I've got a few. Uh, I've got some changes next year. I've got my uh, my bracket Chevelle that I've had for a long time. We'll be back out. Um, I'm finishing putting the motor and stuff. Uh, we just got it done. Ohio Crankshaft hooked it up. So. Um, we're gonna get that back together and shout out to FTI, man, because uh, those guys took care of me on the transmission. It hasn't been in the car since they fixed it, so <laughs> but uh, next year. And then I did, I, I bought a super stocker, uh, another 66 Chevelle, so I've got kind of duels. I'm very excited about 2024 and what that looks like. Um, trying to hit as many races as humanly possible, um, and just kind of you know getting back out there. That's awesome, man. Well, again, you, you've had a great impact on this show, and certainly our listeners have enjoyed hearing your contribution. Uh, we've enjoyed it, and we appreciate it. 
Glad you was able to spend a little time coming in tonight and talking to us about it. Real quick, one more time, tell everybody where they can find those race songs released. Yeah, man, you can check me out again. It's uh, VPJ North on Instagram, VPJ North on TikTok. All those links, they're in my bio. Uh, my promo song will be out tomorrow. Kind of celebrate that, the promo videos and all that stuff. So you guys can follow me there. Facebook is uh, VPJ North as well. That's the for anybody who doesn't live in Ohio. Um, yeah, y'all can check it out again, man. Sportsman Racing Podcast, Luke and Jed. Thank you guys for everything. Thank you for letting me be a part of it and uh, kind of being able to do this announcement. I feel very blessed to be able to be on the last one. So thank you guys for everything. Um, wishing y'all luck, man. Thank you guys. Thank you, PJ. We appreciate you, bud. All right, folks, y'all go find PJ's music and uh, enjoy what uh, you've enjoyed listening to through this show and certainly on your own for, for many years. And, uh, you know, it's racing related. So we know you'll love it too. Luke, um, we put out a post, our social media team, put out a post uh, asking for kind of favorite moments and memories and those types of things from our 350 slash 377 episodes and uh, whatever it is, 300 something. And uh, we got pretty good response from that. We did. It was like a trip down memory lane. Some of the comments that stood out, uh, favorite memories from our listeners from 350, 77, whatever episodes, some of our guest episodes. Uh, I think the first comment that I saw in there was a love and Peter Biondo story of leaving the starting line in reverse at 16 years old in that high school competition. That was a good one. Of course, Rodney Fincham, Hucklebucking. Uh, we even had a throwback to the Kai Kelly interview. The 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 I think that was like episode five and almost episode last. That about broke us. That was a good one. I wish interview. they could have heard the real interview, not oh the one that you chopped up and, and made it where they could listen to it. I didn't know much about podcast editing still don't but i spent a full six hours on that one just trying to clean it up enough where it was listenable <laughs> edmund uh, richardson's interview one of my personal favorites of all time that was a lot of fun uh had a lot of feedback too on our own stories most of those big jed came from me, the <laughs> ultimate storyteller whether it was passing tech at the gator nationals whether it was the papa pennington burnout under the tower at atlanta or papa pennington running over the dog at fulton losing your car on the way to lassiter mountain the uh your your one your first and and i believe last foray into circle track racing which uh, yep. which included a great story about the that included the infamous kenny schrader good stuff yeah good memories yeah and then your story of course about the guy they called dead on back oh up. dead on i don't remember what track it was lufkin or somewhere Hallsville. like that that was Hallsville. you got Hallsville. way back okay. into the archives okay. there yeah, yeah. so uh, one of your old tracks you visited often and uh, dead on, I mean, locking his trans brake button up with blood from his thumb. And it was just, it was good stuff, real good stuff. <laughs> a lot of fun stories. You know, we, we've certainly enjoyed, uh, enjoyed telling them, enjoyed the feedback from them. And, you know, it's, uh, it's been a blast. It really has. It's, you know, we still got a little bit to go on this one, Luke, but, uh, you know, you, uh, you've had a, you've had a major impact on this. You, you dreamed it up. You thought it up. You brought me on, you do the, you know, research for the show, you build show notes, show docs, and basically give us a format to work from. Nobody on the show has worked any harder than you have. Um, so I would think if nothing else, you're going to enjoy just a little bit less responsibility, but you're probably going to miss that too. I am. What I'm going to miss, Big Jed, and I don't want to wax too poetic here again. 
this is more of a celebration than anything, but I'm going to miss this team, like just hanging out with you guys internally. And obviously the biggest part of that for, for the duration of the show has been you big Jed and the opportunity to spend a couple hours a week with you and actually have a reason that I kind of feel like I have to do it. I, I don't think that I would have done this for seven years were it not for that. So thank you for that. Producer Mark has been with us. I think he said since like episode 22, it's been a while. It's not quite the full seven years, but we, we didn't go long before we realized we needed some help. And Mark has provided that help for a long time. More recently, Paige Hamlin's been a part of the show. There's some, and some others that have come and gone over the years. This crew has made this fun from day one. I'm going to miss that, Big Jed. I'm going to miss, we talked about this a little bit on the last show, like just the feeling like we're making a small, admittedly, but some sort of imprint on our sport, the feeling that we're giving back a little bit to the sport that's done so much to us. The podcast has been a big part of that. And most most of all, like I'm going to miss you, right? The, the loyal listener um, and, and all of the feedback that we've gotten from this over the years. What about you? Yeah, uh, certainly all of those things I'm going to miss, you know, the interaction with you, I, as I've said many times over these seven years, you came to me and said, hey, uh, you know, I'm thinking about doing a podcast on sportsman drag racing. And, you know, I was thinking I'd like you to do that with me. And I said, yes, having no idea what a podcast was. I'd heard the, the word podcast, but I really didn't know what that meant or where you find one. But I said, yes, because, you know, you're Luke Bogacki and you don't, you, you, any opportunity you don't you don't miss an opportunity to interact with you and, and certainly be on your team so I've enjoyed that interaction with you I'm not real sure how that will impact us going forward but I know we'll have a branch communication between us always and, uh, and certainly uh, hope to still remain involved in things that you're doing and and vice versa um, certainly miss the listeners you know as I as I've traveled a little bit less over the last few years, I still get told when I travel a little bit to a new area, you know, people come seek me out and tell me, man, I love the podcast. Love what you guys are doing. That story you told about this or that, that was freaking hilarious. I loved it. It was awesome. Is that true? Did that really happen? All my stories were real. They were all 100% real. And, um, and there's some I couldn't tell, but uh, yeah. So I will miss that. Uh, and in some way, I've, I've shared with you guys privately, in some way, I, I feel like that this podcast, because I don't announce much anymore, uh, has kept me uh, relevant in our sport. And, you know, I'm I'm going to miss that because people won't have a reason to to seek me out when I go somewhere and race and talk about the podcast or, you know, that race I announced or any of that other stuff. So there's an irrational fear there that, uh, that you'll, that I'll go away and, and hide a little bit, but, um, you know, I, I see, uh, Carrie Carr is on here busting my ass, uh, on the, on the, on the chat. So I, you know, I won't miss Carrie tearing my ass out of the frame. Uh, I know, um, you know, I unintentionally have <laughs> disrespected Shane before, and uh, apparently I just did it again. But regardless, people don't know how difficult it is to get on here and give your honest opinion on an on an open forum and and then just get what you get in return. So uh, I won't miss that. I won't miss sharing my opinion on a, on the stage and getting blowback from it. But regardless, um you know, it's been a it's been a wonderful time. This team, Paige, Mark, you, and the other people that that I've interacted with as a result of this show. You know, uh, it's been it's been incredible. It really has been an incredible ride. 
Yeah, I think uh, I, I think what I want to say most. Go ahead, Jed. And I, I love Kerry, so Kerry, don't don't take that the wrong way. I know sometimes whatever I say gets taken the wrong way, but I love you. I really do. I love all of our listeners. And there's one way that I know better than any other way we know, Big Jed, to say thank you, to show our love for the listeners. And that's the way that only we can, Big Jed. Are you ready? One last time for nostalgia steak. I've got 10 names here. These names belong to one of three categories. They are either U.S. Olympic athletes, adult film stars, or sportsman drag racers, Big Jed. And I'm going to put it on you to determine by name alone which of the categories that they fall into. Are you ready? Luke, I think I'm ready. We've done this a couple of times. I was 500 on my first one. I fell below 500 on my second one, which has me below 500 in totality. Uh, So I'm feeling... I, I'm get revenge right here. I'm fixing to go out on top, and I that considering the game and and the content, that probably wasn't a great choice of words, but uh, but I'm gonna go out with a bang. In in all reality, Big Jed, if you bat 500 lifetime in this game, you are a first ballot Hall of Famer. There are three options, so 333 is fantastic. Oh, okay. Yeah. When you put it in terms of that, I, that's not too bad. I think you can get, I think you can get four out of 10 here. Four out of 10 is a good number to shoot for. Are you ready for number one? I'm ready, Luke. I'm very confident. U.S. Olympic athlete, adult film star, or sportsman drag racer, Jesse Jameson. Oh, man. See, there's a, there was a, um, there was a female jenna jameson that's right that's right in in adult movies so you you're trying to trick me into thinking this is an adult film star which was very good i you know your strategy has been impeccable uh over this podcast and over this game in particular so i'm ruling out uh adult film star jesse jameson is there's no sport in the olympics for a Jesse Jameson. Jesse just, it's just not the right makeup. The Jamesons just weren't Olympic athletes, um, you know, in general. So Jesse, um, I'm going to go with sportsman drag racer. And more specifically, I'm going to say Jesse Jameson is a no box racer in Wisconsin. Did. We're one question in, and you are batting 1,000, my friend. You missed a little bit on the geography. I can neither confirm nor deny that Jesse has a a box in his machine, but he is a Division I Super Street competitor. So ding, ding, ding. Yes. We're off to a great start. Number two is Bud Roth, a U.S. Olympic athlete, an adult film star, or a sportsman drag racer. Bud Roth? Roth. Do you want spelling? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Um, Bud Roth. There's no way somebody's paying $12.99 in a, in a rinky-dink hotel <laughs> to watch Bud Roth. Okay? Um, so, again, adult film star totally ruled out. 
Bud Roth, there's no chance of that. So Bud is either a sportsman drag racer or a U.S. Olympic athlete. I think that because this is a sportsman drag racing podcast, you're starting us out racer, racer, right off the bat. So I'm going to rule out Olympic athlete, and I'm going Bud Roth is a sportsman drag racer. Bud Roth is your 2023 Northern Michigan Dragway Track Champion. Yes, do this, Bud. (laughs) Number three, U.S. Olympic athlete, adult film star, or sportsman drag racer, Randy Midget. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. No adult film star would go to market with the last name midget but randy midget is no sportsman drag racer so randy midget is some off the wall sport in the u.s olympics i don't know randy's a you know he's a table tennis player or something crazy like that but randy midget is an olympic athlete all right, Big Jed, you weren't going to go 10 for 10. You are two for three. Randy Midget competes in PDRA Top Dragster. What? That's right. That's our first brick of the day. But I love the rationale that brought you to that conclusion. Like, you're definitely on the right wavelength. Well, I knew that he wasn't one of those for sure. I got to watch PDRA Top Dragster more. Tyler Cross, no, bro. You got to get me, you know, get me tuned up there. Jed, we're, we're, we're three in, okay. in out of 10, and my, my stomach hurts from laughing so hard already. I love this thing. <laughs> Number four, U.S. Olympic athlete, adult film star, or sportsman <clears throat> drag racer, Yasmin Lee. Yasmin Lee. Oh, man. Yasmin. Yasmin is not a drag racer. Yasmin is not. Uh, nobody named Yasmin has a history in their family where people want them to race cars. So Yasmin's out, sportsman drag racer, no way. Yasmin could be part of a rich family in Connecticut that has raised their child to be an Olympic athlete. Or Yasmin could be that girl in school that had daddy issues and took a bad path for a career. Yasmin is definitely a, a name that makes you think, you know, um, activity between a man and a woman or possibly, you know, a woman and a woman, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm going, Yasmin is actually our first adult film star of the day. Yeah, you are feeling it today. Three for four with the yes. Yasmin Lee is actually... A transgender adult film star, according to the Googler. Again, when researching projects such as these, you've got to be very careful with the Google machine as to what exactly you're going to get into. But Yasmin Lee's claim to fame, she appeared in the movie The Hangover 2 as Kimmy. Remember Kimmy from The Hangover 2? That's Yasmin Lee. Wow. Really? Awesome. Three for four, Luke. I am nailing this. No pun intended. I'm thoroughly impressed. Um, All right. Let's go to number five, Big J. 
did. U.S. Olympic athlete, adult film star, sportsman, drag racer, Abby Gustasis. Abby oh, Gustasis. I, 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 I missed that up. Abby Gustatis. Okay. Well, that's easy. That's easy. And then the process of elimination is really driving me to the answer here. But Abby Gustatis is, if it was Abby Gustatis, it might be an adult film star. But Abby, How did I miss that? You could pronounce it that way. Damn it. Abby, Abby <laughs> Gustatis. You know, if she just ate us, that's a different thing. But if she's Gustatus, no, nah, no chance. She's an adult film star. Abby Gustatus would would not last three rounds of racing. Abby, there's no chance somebody named Abby Gustatus would be any good at racing. She'd be out before she got in. Abby is part of the um, the Rhode Island Gustatuses that are known for producing amazing Olympic athletes. She's actually a long distance runner in the Olympics. She runs the 400 meter, the 800 meter in the Olympics. She is a U.S. Olympic athlete. Yeah, this is Hall of Fame stuff. You are four for five. I can neither confirm yes. nor deny the origins of the state of Rhode Island, but Abby Gustatus or Gustatus <laughs> is... On the U.S. Olympic team as a female rugby player, so you you rugby. That's right. That's yes. right. Your antenna is up tonight, Big Jed. This is impressive stuff. This is Luke. I've got my forty percent already. It's done. It's in in three hundred fifty episodes of the podcast. This might be the most impressed I've ever been with you. I'm crushing this. Number six. U.S. Olympic athlete, adult film star, or sportsman drag racer, Connor Statler. Connor Statler. Oh, my goodness. Connor Statler could go any direction here. Connor could be any one of these three. I, I, I've been, I've, my process has been eliminating what they couldn't be and then settling on what they must be. Now I don't have that option, Luke. That option is not available to me. Connor Statler could be any of these. You just gave me U.S. Olympic athlete. So I feel like your angle is going back to back on U.S. Olympic athletes, and then we're going to be done with them completely. I think only 20% of the field is going to be U.S. Olympic athletes. So I'm leaning that direction. Connor Statler, uh, I, don't, I don't know Connor from the racing scene. I don't remember talking about Connor Statler. And the name just don't feel right for an adult film star. So uh, maybe even unprecedented. I'm going that you went back to back U.S. Olympic athletes. Connor Statler, uh, uh, he's a fencer in the U.S. Olympics. I love the, the, the logic and the psychology that you try to apply to this. Like I, I really get down into the weeds here. And, and I'll be mm -hmm. honest, Connor Statler to me feels like a, a hurdler, maybe a shot put thrower. Like I'm on board with what you're saying. This one's a brick, Big Jed. Connor Statler is a Division Four stock and super stock competitor. Connor, Connor. Does he go buy something else. <laughs> Damn it! There's no way, Luke. I know all of those guys well. Number seven. You're four for six, which is absolutely astounding. But I can't settle. I can't. I've got my forty percent, but I can't settle. Good point. Good point.
Okay. U.S. Olympic athlete, adult film star, or sportsman drag racer, Philip Conkright. <laughs> Could I get some spelling on that, Luke? <laughs> I'm pretty sure uh, the way I heard that, I'm pretty sure where I'm leaning, no pun intended, um, uh, Philip Conk, was it, there's an N in there? Conk, right, yes. Philip Conkrite is definitely not a sportsman drag racer. The, the Conkrites, I mean, you, with a name like Conkrite, um, you, you'd get run out of racing. It's just crowds just too hard, so no pun intended. Um, so I'm going U.S. Olympic athlete or adult film star. If I'm, you know, if I'm trying to, I'm trying to visualize or audioize the the intro. You know, it's a, uh, it's um, you know, the Temple of Poon uh, with Philip Conkright. Uh, I don't feel right, Luke. It don't feel right. And again, no pun intended. I, I just I don't see anybody promoting a film to where you're going to get my twelve ninety nine with Philip Conkright in the in the film. So I'm going U.S. Olympic athlete again. This is three times in a row I've guessed that. One of them was correct. One was not. Give me my answer, Luke. U.S. Olympic athlete. Again, I love the logic. Philip Conkright feels like he could throw the javelin. Philip Conkright, Big Jed, is a regular in the 470 category of the Verge series. Philip Damn Conkright, you, Larry Martin. Sports Larry Martin. and drag racer. <laughs> he hadn't told me about all of his friends in 470. I got to talk to Larry more. All right. We're... we're, 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 we're we're in a little bit of a slump, but I feel like you're coming out of it. U.S. Olympic athlete, adult film star, or sportsman drag racer, Cadence Gill. Cadence Gill. Cadence Gill. Cadence is definitely, definitely a name that could be in, you know, an adult film. Um, no, no offense to Cadence if you're not an adult film star. Um, U.S. Olympic athlete, yes, could definitely be that. Cadence, the, the Gill family is is definitely you know very well off financially. You know they they have you know she she's done equestrian. She's she's done all those rich people things. You know she's even got a she's even got a top sportsman car. You know it's, it's rich people stuff, but she don't race. Cadence Gill is not a racer. Cadence Gill is not a U.S. Olympic athlete. Cadence Gill. You know, she was that girl, Luke. She was that girl that, you know, always got in trouble in school for wearing the low cut, you know, tops and their booty shorts. And, you know, principal had to, you know, send her home a couple of times. And it led her down a very, very rugged path into adult filming. She's an adult film star, Cadence Gill. Coming up now on stage three, we've got – sorry, Jed. I wanted to – I want you're back to 500. Cadence Gill, she runs around with Jesse Jameson, baby. Division one super street. Cadence oh, Gill. Cadence. How dare you insult Cadence and her family like that? She's a dyed in the wool hardcore super street racer from Division one. Cadence Gill is a drag racer? Terrible at this game. I was killing it. John Gilbert Bowen. U.S. Olympic athlete, <laughs> adult film star, or sportsman drag racer. 
Ain't no damn body getting paid to be on on the screen naked named John Gilbert Bowen. Okay. I mean, let's just get that. This is the last one. We're going out in style. John Gilbert Bowen. Nobody's going to watch Gilbert, you know, throw down. Okay. So that's out. He's not an adult film star. John Gilbert Bowen, you wouldn't use the name Gilbert if you were a sportsman drag racer. You'd just say, I'm John Bowen, because that's just way cooler. Um, you don't want people to know the name Gilbert unless you are tied to a family where Gilbert is a family name and it, your, your rich prestige and history just forces you to use the word Gilbert. And that is a U.S. Olympic athlete, if I've ever heard one. John Gilbert Bowen is definitely a U.S. Olympic athlete. All right, Jed, I've I done you a little bit dirty on this one because John Gilbert Bowen also goes by an alias. The alias what? might give it away. The alias for John Gilbert Bowen is one John T. Bowen. And John T. Bone, Big Jed, is a Hall of Famer in the adult film industry. Active from 1985 through the year of 2006. He's best known for his role as a director, Big Jed, of two wildly successful gangbang movies that were um, creatively <laughs> titled. <laughs> creatively titled. What? What? what did you just say? <laughs> I was getting what to the punchline. <laughs> Creatively titled World's Biggest Gangbang and World's Biggest Gangbang 2. Luke, how do you, I mean, you had to give me John T. Bone. That's his stage name. That's what I know him by. I'm subscribed to his YouTube channel. Uh, I know John T. Bone, but we've never discussed that his name was John Gilbert Bowen. That was I, I, totally admittedly, admittedly, I just threw Gilbert in there to throw you off the scent. My apologies, totally but he's a Hall of Famer. I mean, you know, I thought word would get out. Of course, You're... John T. Bone's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> you are, he's, you he's, are he's, four he's, for nine. One last opportunity with a shot, Big Jed, a shot at getting to your ultimate goal of going 500. Even if you don't, four out of 10. Admirable. I want this so bad, Luke. U.S. Olympic athlete, adult film star, or sportsman <laughs> drag racer. I get the, make sure I get the pronunciation right here. <laughs> William Denbauer. William Denbauer. That's right. Commonly referred to as Bill Denbauer. Um, neither, no known aliases here. I'll just come clean. Neither neither a name that that I know from all of my research in the adult film uh, arena. Um, never remember a film. I focus more on the females that are in those films, but I don't remember a Bill Denbauer. And I certainly don't remember William Denbauer. So I'm ruling out adult film star. And I watch probably 13 to 15 um adult films a week like i mean i you know i'm Glad very you doing your homework very in tune to the adult film industry that's why i would have got john t bone um the olympics hadn't been around in a while but how could you end 
How could you end the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast? And this is wrapping it up like forever. How could you end this with that with a with a person on this list that is not a sportsman drag racer? So I am going to just go out on a limb and say William Denbauer is a sportsman drag racer. He he hits the top in Arizona. Uh, ventures into Colorado and races a little bit here and there in New Mexico at times. But William Denbauer is that guy out there in Arizona that's a sportsman drag racer. Big Jed, not only did you get to 500, you nearly (laughs) nailed the geography because my man, Willie Denbauer, he finished the season in 2023, tied for second place in the sportsman category in the Montana Drag Racing Association. So now Get the really? out. How about that? Big Jed, 500. Way to close the show, Big Jed. I'm so proud of you. I could cry right now. Thank you, Luke. We appreciate that, bro. That's, uh, man, I was four for five and went five for 10. So you can look at that a couple of different ways. That was a really, you know, I love him, so I hate to say this, but I, I had kind of a Sherman Adcock back half of my of my contest there it was over i had it it was locked up and then i you know i just didn't do as well as i should have so the tough game it is a tough game it's a real tough game people have no idea but i'm very happy to go out with a five for ten luke disappointed in that back half but i'm happy with that producer producer mark just asked if we could say game game. i don't know (laughs) well you know what are they gonna do fire us I mean, really. Um, so, Luke, that wraps us up. That's uh, that's the end of the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. Again, the doors open. Uh, we'll we'll still have an avenue if we ever decide that there's things we need to talk about as a group. Um, you certainly have still a lot of online activity through uh, this is bracket racing elite, and this is bracket racing, and this is bracket racing junior program that you have going um love your uh love your throwback thursdays and just you sharing these memories and things online you've got luke bogacki motorsports so you'll still have a presence uh for for people to stay in touch with you and stay in tune to what you're doing Uh, i will go away quietly into the night and uh and won't have near as much of a presence but i'm sure i'll call a lap or two here or there and still connect with people when we can and you know if we ever decide that uh, we need to get back out here and, and talk about anything and everything, then we'll we'll do just that. So that door is open. But for the most part, it's going to shut us down again. Been an awesome ride, man. Really enjoyed it. It's uh, it's it's been an absolute blast. You know, it's it's been work. It's been a, it's been time consuming and it's uh, it's taken it's um taking up space that that we can use elsewhere and that's what we're going to do but uh, all in all when it's all wrapped up and said and done it uh, this this was better than i ever dreamed it'd be and uh, i appreciate you let me be a part of it appreciate you being a part of it big jed and this won't be the last that you hear from us whether it's uh, an updated uh, podcast here on the sportsman drag racing podcast feed somewhere down the line or I have a feeling that uh, that Jed and I will uh, will get together on some content that uh, that will be distributed elsewhere as well. So look forward to that. It's not the end. It's a it's a new beginning. Thank you again to the listeners. Big Jed, you want to close us out one last time? 
Yeah, close us out. And um, certainly before I do, thank you, producer Mark. Thank you, Paige. And yes. and there's been many contributors to things, um, you know, just right off the top of my head, Austin Williams been a, a great stat guy for us and somebody we've leaned on a lot. So um, thank you, racers. Thank you, viewers. If you're watching this, we appreciate it. If you're listening to this on Friday, we appreciate it. And if you're doing both, then uh, extra special thank you for this uh, final show, final episode. Um, obviously, there's been a lot of chatter online tonight. We appreciate that very much, uh, good or bad, ever how you felt about what was said. Uh, we appreciate you chiming in and sharing your opinion. Um, you can do that as well through Twitter. Luke is at uh, Luke Bogacki, B-O-G-A-C-K-I. I'm at JP11X. Um, we certainly um, have thoroughly enjoyed what we've done for seven years now on this show. And, you know, without you sponsors that have helped us, without you listeners that have listened, nobody would have given two craps about this show. So thank you. You you all that are hearing this right now are the ones that, that made this possible and, and made it last as long as it did. So thank you very much. Luke? Gotta be, gotta be some shouts to send us out. One more time for old times' sake, Jed. Shouts to you for going out on top. Shouts to the <laughs> Temple of Poon. Shouts to Kimmy. Shouts, of course, to Manscaped. Where would this podcast be without Manscaped? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back just a little. Bit, I found some old notes. Shouts to the third and Ted Kellner. It wasn't long ago I called him old. I thought I'd bring that back up. Shouts to Bremerton and indoor plumbing and running water. <laughs> Shouts to Kenny Schrader. Shouts to Derek Elam and Pintos everywhere. The year, I think it's the decade of the Pinto. It was seven Man, years ago. Yes. Shouts to Caleb Ellison. We once said he's next. He's now. Shouts to Don Bulware. We once said he was, I don't even remember what we called that. Next, last. Here's the old guy. Don Bulware, great story. Shouts to the team at Going Bracket Racing. We're passing the torch. You guys got this from here. You're doing a great job. Everybody, if you're looking for great yes. drag racing, sportsman drag racing content, that is the spot. Check out those guys at Going Bracket Racing. Shouts to your vocabulary, Big Jed. Gooder, amazinger, all the stuff that you've thrown out <laughs> over the last seven years. Shouts uh, to Rod Radney Foster and Pat Green. And shouts, Big Jed, to Hucklebucking. <laughs> epic shout list for sure shouts to cole castile and uh and i love the the manscape shout out luke uh man i wish i could i wish i could tell the stories that we've talked about uh offline <laughs> about the manscape product uh that that uh that that product you know it was it was impactful it really was in a lot of ways so uh, appreciate that. Shouts to Goodreads. Um, I was uh, I was perfect on my Manscaped Rushed reads. It. I never had to remake or reread a Manscaped ad. So I might have misspoke. I might have been prouder of you on the Manscaped thing, even than even than the game today. It's close, neck and neck. Yeah. yeah, because some of that wording I I twisted up on the fly. You know, I would I would uh, I would clean it up, adjust it a little bit on the fly, and I just I, I mean it flowed. It was incredible. I think we got to the point that Mark was trying to trip you. <clears throat> yeah i think you're right i think you're right producer mark shout to you for for at least trying um shout out to you luke definitely uh the, the guy that built all this and um we're all thankful for for your vision and what you do for the sport you you contribute at a very high level i know uh people look at what you do different ways you know in total what what you do for the sport and in the sport 
but um, I, I want people to, to know and understand that although your office is at the house, uh, people don't have any idea how hard you work for what you're trying to promote. And that is the help of this sport. You know, is it, has it been as good to you as you've been to it? You damn right. It has uh, you, this, this, this sport and what you do in it has been extremely good to you and, and your family, but it has all come earned hard earned. And uh, we, we all appreciate what you do and, and certainly um, again, appreciate this show. It's, it's been a blast. 100%. Thanks PJ. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Paige. Thank you, big Jed. Thanks to our listeners. One last time over and out. See you guys. Enrollment in This Is Bracket Racing Elite is now open. You've heard me discuss or at least reference This Is Bracket Racing Elite. It is the premier offering of our website, thisisbracketracing.com. Elite is a membership community designed specifically to help you get from where you are today as a racer to who you want to be as a racer. Led by knowledgeable professionals, Justin Lamb and myself are longtime instructors and we bring in a host of guests, racers that you know, racers that you respect, led by knowledgeable instructors and surrounded by supportive peers that are ultimately striving for the same goal in their own unique way. The truth is at each event, there are a hundred plus entries, there's one winner. At the end of each season, there's one champion. That feeling, not so much the money, not so much the trophy, that feeling of achievement, that sense of accomplishment, that tip of the cap from your peers, that's why we do this. You can dream of that feeling all you want, or you can take action, take steps toward becoming that racer. If you're ready to take the first step, this is Bracket Racing Elite is for you. Enrollment is open now for a limited time. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite before we close the doors again on December the 8th.